Thrive with Asperger's Autism, episode number 77. Hello and welcome to another Thrive with Asperger's Autism podcast episode. It's my goal to provide the inspiration, interviews, and education you need to connect better with yourself and with the world around you. Today I'm interviewing Dr. Eugene Douglas, a chemistry professor diagnosed with Asperger's in his mid-40s. Before we get started, please go to myaspergers.net forward slash 77 to get the full show notes and links for this episode. This episode is brought to you by the Thrive with Asperger's community. Want to join? Text me at 847-250-7842. That's my Google voice number. And say join plus include the email address that you signed up to Facebook with. That's the only email address that Facebook will accept in order for me to send you a link to join the closed and secret Facebook group. And now on to our show. I'm here today with Eugene Douglas, and I'll be calling you Gene for short, because I think that's what you prefer, uh, Gene. That's fine. I came across Gene. Um, I was Gene. I, I came across you when I was reading some interesting information just online, and you had had a, a comment that that had really struck me as being really helpful. I think it was on the topic of when I was um, investigating anger management as a topic. You had you had given a really good answer as to why is it on that what forum? What's that? On what? Forum? Uh, I, I believe it was on Quora. Okay, okay. I stopped doing them because I I got too many nonsense questions. Okay. I gave up with that. So. Yeah, but I I really liked your answer at the time, and it, it had to do with um a lot of the insensitivity that uh non Aspergers. I know people use the term neurotypical. I prefer the word non Aspergers just because what is neurotypical? I mean, we have so many. We have so many. <laughs> There's there's all sorts of variations of insanity, right? And I I put that as not making sense. People don't make sense generally, and and if there's anything about Aspergers, they tend to be logical and make sense and are direct, and they don't use oblique speech. And many people don't understand that that they really say what they mean, uh, and they don't bullshit you, uh, and. Uh, I don't know how else to say that other than use the word, so my apologies. That's okay. situation where uh, basically if the word fits, I use it. That's the way I've always spoken. So basically it's a situation where, you know, it, it's plain speaking essentially. Yeah, so when, when, when people don't say what they mean or they beat around the bush or they are not completely honest, that's that can be something that's very upsetting too. Yeah, the, and the way I describe it is oblique speech. It's like you have no real clue what they're really saying, and if you uh, if you tag them on it, uh, the duplicity or whatever else, whatever else, they'll deny it. So it's almost like you can't win. Yeah, yeah. So from there, we we had communicated, and I, I talked to you a little bit more last night, and uh, it was great to get to know you. I just wanted to introduce a little bit about Gene's background. Um, he's got quite an extensive background in both um, both theology and also in chemistry. Chemistry being your strong suit in terms of your PhD. But well, the theology I've done on the side, and I would call that my strong suit too. But I I don't preach; I teach chemistry. So it, it's it's a, that's my other interest because I, I I've always had a very intellectual interest in my Christian faith. And what it meant, what it expected, like I read 
and many people don't read it, but I, I read the whole thing of Calvin's, Calvin's Institutes just because I was curious, but a lot of people misunderstand Calvin's Institutes, but he makes it very clear at the beginning, for example, it, it was a treatise he wrote for the King of France who asked for an explanation about what Christian theology was. So it, it's it's not meant to be a, a systematic theology. It's meant to be a, a description for the King of France regarding what Christian the basic Christian faith was, and that's what the Calvin's Institutes was. And basically, people make it the writings of God, but it's not. It's just he made it clear he was. He's just trying to explain it to the King of France. That's that's really interesting. Uh, so so really, they're both your strong suits. Um, I guess when I said when I was thinking strong suit, I, I see that you had your PhD in um, in chemistry, specifically in polymer science. Yeah, like. plastics, coatings, and fibers. And basically, that's an academic interest. But but I saw no point in getting one in theology because basically, that's more that's not basically on whether someone is uh, is that interested in whatever it's based on some, whether someone can write well. And, and, and many Asperger's believe the same as I do that basically writing well and, and, uh, being entertaining in some respects is more the things that people like to tickle people's ears using the biblical sense. So it, it's, it, it, they don't get much into heavy truths. And it's like, and unfortunately there's too much church politics that are going to interfere with that. So. I I got a lot of abuse at the seminaries I went to, and I don't. And in some respects, I didn't learn that much more than I didn't know already. But basically, it just got me some training to communicate better. So yeah, and um, currently you are um, well. Just to to go a little bit back into your your career, I thought it was a very interesting career. You've um, you've taught overseas uh looks like you you had taught both here in the united states but then also in kazakhstan and where was and then also in uh at in iraq as well yeah and and also in micronesia i was two years in micronesia from 95 to 97 when our kids were small i, I got a job working there at community college and a great time there on the small island of Panape out near guam and then later on, I taught at Nazarbayev University in Astana, Kazakhstan, and and I I liked Kazakhstan for years because I followed the space program when I was a kid, and Baikonur Space Cosmodrome is in Kazakhstan, even though it's part of the Soviet Union at the time. So I thought it'd be fun to go over there and work and teach chemistry, but and maybe get a tour of the place. But I found out that the Russians lease it and they don't let anybody in for tours, so it's okay. unlike. Unlike Cape Canaveral, where there's three quarters of a million people go watch to watch a launch, whereas there, you know, be lucky if there's a hundred people watching a launch. So, so basically, it's the kind of thing where, in a way, uh, it, it fit well with within my interests. And then I taught for a year in Iraq because um, I had worked. Well, I lived near Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is near Fort Bragg, and heard a lot of news about their work with the Kurds and everything else, the, the special forces and their them going after ISIS and the other groups that were um, essentially making Iraq a mess. And I I got the honor to teach chemistry for a year at a university in the Kurdish region. And so I had a really great time doing that for a year too. And so um, basically 
but now I'm in Texas and enjoying it here too. So it's like, you know, I've, I've taught a variety of different places. Yeah. And it looks like right now you're teaching general and organic chemistry at, uh, and you're on the chemistry faculty. So, so Gene, I was just curious about hearing just about your, your life story. I mean, was, and, and we haven't even talked about this, but, um, in terms of receiving a diagnosis of Asperger's, um, what, how, was that something you received earlier on in life or later on in life? Uh, no, basically, um, when I was a kid, uh, there were all awful lot of people that felt the need that they had to fix me, that there was something wrong with me because I didn't fit into their stereotype. I was, I grew up in the sixties and basically I was very intelligent. I used a lot of big words. There was a lot of older people didn't even understand me because they didn't use that vocabulary, but I did. Um, and basically I, and as well as whatever, and in some respects, the as the aspects of Asperger's showed up when I was like three or four, when my, um, grandmother would wear a veil and I would say, why are there cobwebs in front of your face? Um, so it's, it showed how I looked at the world, but then, then she would describe and, and say that, I was getting turtles milk to drink and I would object and even cry about it because I wanted regular milk like everybody else. But they thought it was funny that when I said that I wanted regular milk, but they were saying, no, you're drinking turtles milk. And it's like, why would I want turtles milk? I want what everybody else gets. So in a way people picked on me because I was different and, and I always saw it as weird and cruel even. So I don't have nice memories at that time. And so it's a situation where basically uh, a lot of people took advantage of my being misunderstood. And even the fact that when I was in high school, I was voted most gullible because I tended to take what people said for granted that they were speaking the truth because that's the way I always spoke. And when I lied, I did it on purpose. So I assumed that people generally didn't lie unless they were had legitimate reasons to do so but uh i learned a year a lot over the years that that as house would say on the house tv show uh everybody lies and so in some respects when i came to realize that it helped the world make a lot more sense and, and frankly i'd rather live this way than being suspicious of everybody the way a lot of normals are uh so because because in some respects you can't necessarily trust what someone is saying overtly out of their mouth because they may be hinting something else and most Aspergers Aspies miss those kind of subtle hints and frankly I think it's just just being deceptive uh, but that may be my black and white way of looking at it but again it's it's a thing where um, I saw from an early age when people were asking me to change I said what's I, I would sort of reject that and even rebel against it because I saw nothing wrong with my uh, speaking truthfully and expecting others to be truthful with me as well, whether it was the present, the whether Santa Claus existed or the tooth fairy existed or not when I was a kid, because I remember getting very angry when I finally was figured out that Santa was, was uh, basically a lie that they used to manipulate kids and so so basically it just made me angry and a lot of adults don't understand that 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 
you know, when the mother or the father says they really care about them, but then they tickle them when they don't like being tickled, uh, they're lying, essentially. So it's the kind of thing where, uh, yeah, it, it may be more complicated than that, but the point is that's the way a lot of Asperger's people view it. Um, and, and so it, 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 it leads to a lot of things, but I, I know who my friends are, and I always get friends wherever I live, and, and that's what God's helped me understand why I go to different places is so that I can be an important person in other people's lives and not worry about myself necessarily because I do get friends wherever I am. So I, at least I know who they are. But but a lot of people go through lives with hundreds of friends and it's like they really have no clue who isn't really calling them a jerk behind their back. <laughs> right. Now, so. And it's, well, we talked yesterday or last night and I thought it was very helpful. You, you mentioned one of the things that is probably the most, uh, one of the biggest myths about uh, Asperger's people is is that they lack empathy. One of the things that struck me as you're talking about this is that many quote-unquote normals, parents especially, don't show empathy to their own kids and don't take the time to seek to understand where their kids are coming from if they're on the autism spectrum because I think that would make things probably a lot a lot better for their kids if if they understood you know for example like well they 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 come up with a pretense that they were never kids once uh, and, and it's like they've been adults all their lives which which is crap um and and it, it it they they forget they conveniently forget what it was like to do things and the fact that they were just duplicitous or defensive or whatever else and then they then they attack the kid because they don't understand him instead of asking questions. And then, and then they punish the kid more because he rebels against that getting attacked. Uh, because they're not being honest regarding what they're really believing. So it, 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 it it's a cycle that, and things, and what it does is essentially it serves to drive the, uh, the, people with Asperger's away from people who would be important to them because they'd rather not be bothered than be constantly confused or frustrated because the parents or the loved ones or whatever else aren't really, are, are leaving them clueless because they're, they're not, they're not really trying to communicate and to be understood by both parties. But that's a, major problem in life in general it doesn't it's not really it's just more obvious with asperger's people and so they and so the normals tend to label them as nerds geeks uh computer geeks or, or or he always wants to play video games or whatever else when in reality the video game always makes more sense of dealing with real people because at least follows a mathematical uh a, a mathematical pattern because it's designed as a computer program with very few bugs, and yet people are emotional and irrational, and so basically, in some respects, and and what I find particularly things is when kids growing up or even adults when they have been growing have grown up, they go out to bars and do stupid things out out in real life or whatever else, and then we complain about a teenage boy staying home to play video games instead of going out and getting into trouble. 
that there's something wrong with him playing video games, which is which is absurd because basically it's an intellectual exercise for him that he really enjoys. And for example, uh, both my sons, particularly my youngest sons, like to play Age of Empires and other stuff like that, and Microsoft Simulator. And I encourage that kind of thing because it taught him a lot. But Age of Empires and everything else that got him interested in history. And and yet there are a lot of parents that if a guy, particularly a boy, has a proclivity to that, will say that there's something wrong with it and essentially deprive him of it. When when the mother, all she likes to do is go on Facebook or, or Twitter back and forth with inane comments. And, and, and the kid looks at it and says, that's stupid. Why would I want to do what you're doing? And it's an adult. It's an adult spreading gossip on on you know whatever else, and it's 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 a situation where it's you know we see it as destructive, and it's like why we we want to do that when things. And that's part of the problem, though, is that kids when they're growing up they get cell phones, whatever else, when they're not paying for them instead of getting a computer. And thankfully, my sons grew up learning to use computers at an early age, not. Uh, not cell phones, so they got to understand the whole purpose of it, um, and, and that it's an educational tool. It's not designed, it's not supposed to be their whole life, but if they don't have anything more productive to do outside because it's raining or whatever else, then sure, why not have them play the video game? So, so you know, and they don't have to be destructive either because most destructive ones just get boring and they don't play it, particularly if it's it, it's not designed properly. But again, that more has to do with how normals look at life. That going out to bars for young adults is somehow better than than staying at home or staying at home and playing a video game with your friends who live in Texas or Minnesota or whatever else or or in or in uh, Russia uh, because they happen to like it too or in Korea whatever else. And in, in some respects, it's just you know. And, and yet, when they get criticized for it, then they then the, the the kids who have that interest, uh, you know, get offended properly so because the parents are acting like jerks. Mm-hmm. So, so I want you to have the same interest I do. So the key. So the key is what I what I heard you say is is it's so important for us parents to our parents or loved ones to ask questions to really seek to understand uh, versus have versus imposing your thinking upon that person. Yeah, and and get get the kid to be thinking for himself also from an early age, so that they could figure out for themselves what's really going on, and not based on not based on 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 images or style or something like that. Because, for example, if it, it it you you know you can get into moral things like like girls wearing makeup from an early age. The whole purpose of makeup is designed to attract men. Or boys, or whatever, or to be manipulative, to kind of almost as a weapon. And yet, there are a lot of mothers that that train their daughters to act the way they're doing, without admitting what it's really about. And then they wonder why their girls get in trouble with guys that mistreat them, because most of the guys who would be nice or whatever else would be driven away by that, because they'd rather be involved with someone normal, not not someone that trivial. So it's the kind of thing where, in a way, it's a self-defeating kind of thing, but that's the way a lot of people with my thing, Asperger's, look at the world, 
that essentially a lot of it's insane because they're they're pretending they like they're bringing their up their children up well when in reality all they're doing is perpetuating uh justifying their own misbehavior when they were younger too by by encouraging their kids to do the same thing uh so in a way, it's a self-destructive pattern that this continues. I'm not on the spectrum, so uh, there are a number of number of people. I would say two thirds of the audience who are listening to this podcast are on the autism spectrum. So, um, but I guess what I'm asking is, what advice would you have for? Well, well, I would say I would disagree with that. I would say maybe one sixth are because a lot of the people on the autistic spectrum with Asperger's have already figured out. That they got better things to do than listen to other people whine or complain, uh, because I found a lot of forums online about Asperger's has to do more with parents that trying to figure out their kids instead of learning to communicate with them, uh, because they want a whole lot of platitudes about what their kids mean instead of spending the time to talk with them themselves. And so it's a situation where a lot of the forums, whatever else, sure they're helpful for people in my situation. But they get tiresome and repetitive. Whatever it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, and I, I put this in a political sense because it makes the same thing. I, I, I got, I have no, I like what a lot of Rush Limbaugh talks about on the radio, but I don't listen to him every day because he's very repetitive and just goes over the same stuff again and again. But a lot of people are entertained by that. But I find it boring and repetitive. But that doesn't mean I disagree with him. Right, right. Just a situation where, you know, and I, even though I'm conservative, I find Hannity, uh, I, I find Hannity stupid. But, but again, that's my opinion. He, he has his own audience, but I, I always like William F. Buckley because he would have an intellectual conversation with people. And there's some other people that are intellectual conservatives as well on things. And so if you can make it intellectually interesting it, uh, on a whole variety of topics because somebody, is educated and and acts acts and really knows what they're talking about instead of just saying stuff they don't know because believe it or not real intelligent people are are likely to admit uh, as you have a higher level of intelligence you'll admit that there's a lot more you don't know that you do know so it's a situation where it's humbling in itself of just getting to be an expert in a certain area versus not so it's a whole complicated issue regarding what um, people in my situation understanding what's going on. But I, I appreciate what you're saying about the fact one third of are. But I think a, a lot of uh, there are a lot of clueless parents and loved ones that aren't spending enough time talking with those that they have it and trying to understand them. So they go to outside sources because it's easier. So I, th I think you. Yeah, I think you're answering my question, which is. Because uh, I wanted to say, what would you say to parents who are not on the spectrum? Um, and what you're saying is put a lot of the time that you might spend studying or reading about or asking other people for advice and take that time and spend it getting to know your child. Right. Or getting to know all of them. Yeah. And, and it, because most kids, because God designed parents to be parents to their kids, not to have them farmed off to somebody else. So again, it's a situation where unfortunately, parent, and this is scriptural too, that the sins of the parents is over visited to the kids, the thirds and fourth generation. Well, that tends to be repetitive. And unfortunately, with people with autism who are different, 
and it tends to explode in a whole variety of settings because basically people with autism tend to be great mirrors shining back on the person that's trying to fix them when in reality they're just acting out what their parents have done all along, but the parents don't want to look at the mirror about what they're really like because they're the ones that taught their kids to be abusive or to be neglectful or to be dishonest because they were dishonest mm. uh, when the kids, when they thought the kids didn't notice. So, so it's a situation where bit again, it's a, it's a complicated issue, but I think part of the problem comes from uh, normals trying to fix those with autism as if there's something broken where as God overall designed them a certain way, Sure, they're severely autistic kids or whatever else. And, and science and scripture is silent on it. They, they're clueless. They really don't know why. But again, it has to do with proper Christian parents or proper parents. It doesn't need to be Christian or whatever. It could be even Jewish or whatever. If, if they love and sincerely pay enough attention to a kids with Down syndrome, the person, boy or girl, can grow up to be a very sweet man and woman. Uh, and, and yet, they can also grow up to be angry, destructive, and perverted, all based on how they were treated. And it, it's almost like, it's almost like if there's a bad master for a dog, you know, that dog will be brought up to be a terrible dog. <laughs> so, but that, that has to do more with, uh, animals but uh, but people are animals too but still it's a situation with the parents they've got to be more responsibility before god to act appropriately and to and to not be offended or ashamed when their kids reflect their own behavior but admit to them to say yeah you're right i'm sorry i was duplicitous about this or i was wrong because many people with asperger's or whatever are forgiving when the person is sincere and decides not to do it again so i think that, that there's a couple key key things you talked about one is humility um as a parent we need to be humble enough to admit that we did something wrong and then number two is and this is a christian term repentance we have to be willing to change and do things differently going forward for our kids because we have to show them that we're willing not to repeat the same things as much as we're able to and the Bible is very clear also about the point that that God holds us accountable for sins when we become aware of them, not mm -hmm. necessarily sins we're not aware of. So when we become aware of the sins, then God asks us to apologize and ask forgiveness for them, not necessarily in a situation where you are uh, things. But uh, I can't really separate my being a Christian from my description of Asperger's because in some respects it goes hand in hand because I think in some respects, uh, my relationship with God that I had since I was 15 has helped me to keep it under control, and God helped deal with a lot of the anger I had because when I was growing up, before I became a Christian, I wanted to kill both of my parents because they were so cruel to me. And my dad had Asperger's too, but he, he was a brutal, vulgar man who basically you know, was a drunk as well, and it's a situation where he mistreated me as well as uh, as my mother. But my mother asked for it and that she's the one that seduced him in the first place to get uh, in their relationship at the beginning because she divorced her first husband. So in a way, it's it, it all goes to uh, understanding that. And believe it or not, uh, uh, 
there was a radio show that I listened to for years that I still like listening to her periodically that helped me to understand relationships more than people are willing to admit, but uh, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, when she talks about interactions between men and women and whatever else, and the 10 stupid things men do to mess up their lives and women do to mess up their lives, they're both very helpful books for uh, people to understand the other sexes and, and why each sex is responsible for their own moral choices and got to accept responsibility for them, not blame the other person because they were a fool and married a drunk, which which they liked going out and getting drunk with when they were 21 years old. Uh, and yet the, the woman grew up and stopped drinking, but her husband kept drinking, and then he became an angry drunk. Well, that was attractive to her once, and she could drink him under the table once, but that she changed. He didn't. So why is that her fault? No, why is that his fault? He's been that way all along. She asked for it. So again, it's a, it's a dynamic. And in, in some respects, I, I view it as that because, because there's a kind of a, a sequence of things and a logical thing where things that there are a lot of gifted people with Asperger's because they are consistent, logical and, and, uh, intelligent that they can be very discerning regarding getting to the root of the issue and smelling a rat so to speak and people need to listen to them more instead of instead of viewing them as a threat but mm. if there's a whole lot of people that are living duplicitous lives double lives sure they're going to object to people that are plain speakers because they don't they don't want to be exposed as the phonies they are so it's it's comp it's complicated and simple at the same time. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you bringing up those two books uh, by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. All of her books are very helpful in different ways. Even even the in praise of stay at home moms, uh, you know, helps mothers to get out of their feminist mindset, and help them to realize that being home with their preschool kids is very very important for their upbringing. Uh, and everything so it's like uh, there's a lot of her books that are very good but but again i don't listen to her as much anymore because it's gotten repetitive and okay. i got what i could out of it but she's not overtly a christian but but i but i said well where is this consistent with scripture and then i can get what i can that's useful out of it but she is relatively conservative jewish um but i but she's I, I, I think overall she's on target with a lot of this because uh, she's even read a book, book about the Ten Commandments, so to speak. But it, it's, it's in the setting of her counseling, uh, it, it counseling service. Where, but, but she doesn't have a PhD in counseling. She got her PhD in physiology. I think so, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and then she got a master's of so, social work, got a certificate in California. But believe it or not, that makes her to be a better counselor because because she can see through the bullshit. Um, <laughs> my, my apologies. That's okay. Word, but I but I can't describe it any other way. It's it's like the it tends to put it back on the thing because in a way she's not only a trained researcher to get that PhD, but also uh, but also uh, knows what the scientific method's about and and essentially proving. It, you know, you got to have some justification for coming to conclusions about things. You just get about your opinions and really help people unless there's some real basis for what you have to say. 
Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for, for pointing that out. Gene, you, um, so, so back to, um, learning about Asperger's syndrome, because as you said, growing up and I, I guess I should. Oh, okay. uh, let me get back to that. Oh, yeah. Sure. There was one thing when I was a kid that, that my mom was so desperate trying to fix me. She got a counselor once for me or whatever else. And one of the doctors had me crawling around the floor for weeks on end, whatever else. And, 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 and to try and fix my coordination. Uh, because I, I wasn't very athletic or whatever else. I didn't want to intend to kind of stumbled a lot and whatever else. But that's, that's an Asperger's thing also. So, and I didn't like it. It was very unfair, but it's a situation where basically it was a, it, it, I submitted to it anyway, because I just wanted to be left alone. But, but basically it may have helped a little bit, but I have no idea. But, the, but they were desperately grabbing at straws about that. And until I found out later that lack of coordination or with fingers or whatever else is part of what goes along with it, um, because the, basically the guy is, or gal is learning to communicate with themselves as well as the world around them. And even the body doesn't make sense at times. It's a situation where in, in a way it's the kind of thing where uh, it's sort of understandable. But again, Parents are the ones that have to adjust regarding what their proper expectations of their kids are. Not every kid is athletic, whatever else. There are a lot of kids that have intellectual interests and, and doesn't want to go out and play ball, whatever else. But that's not a reflection on the jock father or, or the mother that grew up to be a cheerleader when the daughter likes to, you know, read books. Uh, so, but again, that all has to do with the parents being unfair regarding trying to script out what their kids have to do when they don't really spend the time to try and figure out what their kid is good at, what the kid decides he wants to do for himself. And, and, and when you were growing up, Asperger's really wasn't a term even until, or not even really a published, there wasn't much published research no, on it until the nineties, right? No, not at all. And, and, and I wasn't diagnosed with it until 2004 and only because my older half sister was in the counseling thing, but unfortunately she's a Jungian psychotherapist. And so that has its own problems, but, but, uh, and, and, and so it's the kind of thing where, uh, again, it, 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 it's a situation there where, um, she became aware of it from her own reading and, and realized that I had this syndrome. And so got me in touch with uh, and sponsored it. I was very thankful with a psychologist who was in Philadelphia, and he was very helpful. But I used it as a way, as a sounding board or whatever else, because in some respects, he was looking in from the outside and 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 basically helped me understand that it, it wasn't logical the way other people acted. Um, and it was sort of unrealistic for me to expect the world to be logical around or or for my uh, wife who had left and started accusing me of bizarre stuff that I would never even consider left and don't go because I was separated because my, uh, my wife had her own problems with schizophrenia. And that makes no sense at all to people with Asperger's. So it's a situation of basically, um, you know, being accused of stuff you never even thought of. It just comes across as bizarre. And, and yet when you're accused of someone, uh, of something like that by someone you love, 
uh, a guy with Asperger's or whatever, someone with Asperger's gets very defensive because and they never can prove they didn't do something if if the person is convinced they did or had that attitude or whatever else because the parent or the sibling or someone else is convinced they're thinking the same way they are in a duplicitous matter when it's like in reality um the the kid doesn't really care let alone uh let alone even think of deceiving somebody mm -hmm. so or they're looking at something from a different perspective. And so they answer a different question. They ask a question, sorry, they answer a question directly that's asked, but then they find out later that wasn't really the question was being asked because basically they're expected to read between the lines. Well, that's nonsense to someone with Asperger's or, or someone on things because it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, like say for example, um, if, if a girl asks the guy with Asperger's, do I look good? And he'll say yes, because he found something nice that she looked good about. Mm -hmm. But then when someone else criticizes her, then, then she might assume that the guy was lying. <laughs> because he missed this other thing that she was convinced to think. So it's just bizarre, that whole kind of mentality. And so it's the kind of thing where in a way, you know, and and part of the thing that I was accused of was because ever since an early age, because my both my parents when they were second and third marriages, and my older siblings were went through relationship after relationship that was destructive and everything else, and and I decided even before I became a Christian that I wanted to be a one woman person, and I wasn't interested in going around dating everybody because I was just going to prepare to wait for the person. It was designed for me and just like my company and like to have conversations with me. So that's basically the way I looked at it all along. And yet people started calling me names that I was latently homosexual because I didn't, I, I wasn't interested in being promiscuous. And uh, once again, they're imposing their own, what, what they think, what, in other words, what they did. They were imposing on you and assuming that because you're not like them, therefore you're something else. Or, or, or that I'm judging them for it, when in reality I could care less about what they, how they misbehave. It, it, it's like it, it's worse when the person doesn't do something. It's like, for example, going out to a bar and uh, with friends who ask you out to a bar, you decide to have a Diet Coke there whatever else, then the friends get all upset with you because you're not getting drunk and they can't see you drunk the way they are and whatever else. And then they get angry at you because you're not drunk or whatever. And then it's all your fault because you don't drink alcohol. So they decide, oh, next time we'll put alcohol in his thing. And then he doesn't like how he feels and so he doesn't do it again. So it's he doesn't even cooperate with someone else getting him drunk because it just makes him ill and he decides, well, I'll leave and go home. So again, it's all about pe other people playing games, expecting the person to read their mind when in reality they're not doing it. Um, and unfortunately that happens a lot where, where people like to go out and socialize and get drunk as part of the socialization, but that happens more in the world. So I, I, I'm very glad I became a Christian when I was 15. So I was spared from a lot of that, but, even in a Christian setting, it doesn't do, it, it doesn't work, particularly if, if the church you go to, the people drink wine and you, and you as things, you don't want any because you don't even like it the way it affects you. 
even as even one drink or you don't like the way it tastes and then they don't take it seriously saying uh, say well you got to get used to it and i said well what's the point of getting used to it i like iced tea why can't i drink iced tea or why can't i drink a diet coke so again it doesn't make any sense to somebody in that with that kind of thing and yes it requires the other people got to adjust mm -hmm. it doesn't require that i have to change my behavior or whatever else yeah well gene um i i had a just this last week, I had uh, an adult uh, contacted me and, and was asking, wanting to know about what are some of the advantages of possibly pursuing a formal diagnosis of Asperger's versus what might be the drawbacks or disadvantages of it. Um, do you have any thoughts on that for that person? Well, did the guy have Asperger's or, or was it someone asking about someone else getting it? No, he was actually asking for himself. Well, I... Well, I used, there was a, a quiz on Wired. It's still, a, it, I think it still works that, that like asks 50 questions. And then if you're above 40 on it, you're on that scale. And I, I think that's probably the best tool to do it because it asks questions. Would you rather go out to a party or go, go read a book in the library? Mm -hmm. or, or would you rather go to the theater or go see a movie? And, and people with Asperger's tend to do, I'd rather see a movie than go to the theater or I'd, I'd rather go to the library than go to a party. Um, and, and, and yet a lot of people who are quote unquote normal would object to why would he rather go, uh, why would he rather uh, go to the library than to come to my party? And because he finds a lot of the chit chat annoying and he doesn't know how to do it. So that's why he doesn't want it. It's not that he's rejecting them. It's just that he doesn't. He doesn't find it entertaining. He finds it boring. So what's the point of going to something when he's got something better to do? So, uh, so again, it's a situation where, you know, there are little tools like that. But I think in some respects, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with him getting a proper thing. But unfortunately, a lot of Asperger's counselors use it as a, as a weapon to try and uh, convert the guy who has Asperger's or might have be higher on the spectrum in that direction that there's something wrong with them that it's a handicap or a disability when in reality I purposely put down I do not have a disability on applications because I don't see it as a disability at all because I've got a lot of intellectual gifts and I'm a plain speaker or whatever else I see that as an asset not as a problem uh -huh. <laughs> dependable yeah I work in something etc I'm loyal, whatever else, unless someone tries to screw me, then I'll go, I'll pay attention to someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's the kind of thing where in a way I, 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 I'm using that in just the sense of, you know, um, someone betraying someone else or whatever else. So in a way it's like, uh, but they, they're also inclined to think the best of other people because it, because they've learned to survive and realize it's better to have that attitude than to be suspicious of everybody. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people with Asperger's or whatever else who basically don't have older people who are treating things and they get very uh, jaded and whatever and angry at the world and essentially will want to lash out and be destructive to other people. And unfortunately, that I, I frankly think that's part of why becoming a Christian helped me change that because 
my becoming Christian when I was 15 helped deal with a lot of the anger I had inside. It was enough to make me want to kill both parents because, uh, and, and I, I'm going to be very blunt here. Both my parents grew, I grew up in a parents with where my mother would say, you're just like you, your father, you rotten bastard. Mm-hmm. And my father would say, you're just like your mother, you rotten bastard. And then I finally was adult enough to say, well, you're the one that made me that way because I'm the eldest son of the second marriage. You're the one that made me a bastard kid, not fake. So I took, I turned it around and made it literal. Well, then my mom panicked and went away, ran away to try and find the marriage license to prove that she had married my dad. And in a way, but but that kind of illustrates it perfectly that they were being absolute jerks to each other and then being a jerk to me because I reminded them of both of themselves and so it's a situation where that was somehow my fault when in reality they grew they they treated me in such a way that made me angry at them uh, because they were essentially using me to get at the other person so again but I, I don't say that to get sympathy. I say that just to put it in context because, because I, you know, I've learned over the years to deal with it. I'm 60 years old, but obviously there's been a lot of reflection about that, but I don't see it very helpful to be anything but truthful about it. But also another situation is one of the gifts of a lot of people with these intellectual gifts is they remember events as stories from years ago and they could be confident that that basically what they're saying is true, that they don't reinvent the past or or pretend that things didn't happen when they did. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these things I wish I didn't remember anymore, but I'm kind of glad that I did because, and, and I'll go to scripture again, um, because God's helped me understand a lot of the suffering I went through because of what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, um, uh, where God... Praise be the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trials so that we can comfort other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives a whole point for the suffering I went through because I, I can comfort others who are going through similar suffering now. Um, and, and in some respects, that gives a purpose for why I went through that, that I did because I could, God could use that. And, and because you know, it also helped me be a much better dad than my dad was because I learned what not to do regarding my sons, even though I made mistakes anyway. I made different ones, but at least they were genuine ones that that once I became aware of them, I apologized to them. But but yet yet if 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 you have an adult with Aspergers and their kid has a different viewpoint of the world or whatever else and is angry with them because they somehow are not submitting to what they've decided, a lifestyle that they have. Uh, why doesn't the parent agree with my lifestyle now when they were brought up to, to live differently than that? Because I rejected that lifestyle years ago. It's a situation where that comes across as judgmental and mean to others looking in because because I'm mistreating uh, my child who decided to pick another lifestyle or something, which it, it, it's perf- in reality, it's perfectly consistent with the way I've lived my life all along. It, that I've always saw adultery as being wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say for my 
for uh, for my relative, it's somehow okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So so it's a situation where basically, but the, but then they blame me because I'm not malleable and being able to be manipulated to change my view to get some peace with them. So so again, it's. And, 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 and that's part of the, that's part of what I found interesting too. There's certain currents going within Christianity of, um, what they call peacekeepers movement, where they have Christian counselors who act as mediators in divorce and other things like that. Whereas in reality, there's nothing in those setups that could prevent one or both couples from lying. But, the, the, there is in a court setting because basically if someone lies to a judge or, or, or something like that, essentially if someone lies to a judge, that person could be arrested and thrown in prison for perjury. Right. Uh, so they're, they're obligated to speak the truth. Where in reality, if, if you got a Christian, uh, mediator situation, uh, presuming that both of them are going to be truthful when one person is the adulterous person, and the other one was taken advantage of, that's that's perverse because the person was living a lie for years anyway. And and that's part of why I have contempt for adulterous men, because my dad was an adulterous man who married a divorced woman from the beginning and then left my left my mom and and our family because he was tired of dealing with her all the time. But I, I understand now why he left, because my dad had Asperger's too, and basically the attitude that my mother had was that that she saw my father as being God's gift to her so that she could fix him. <laughs> and, and and that got him to divorce her because he realized that there was no there was no res- resolution to that. So I, I finally understood that later. Um but so it made sense. Obviously he didn't want to be around that. But see, I was the innocent child in the middle of all that. So, so it's the kind of thing where in a way it is, it, it, but, but they brought it on themselves through their bad moral choices. And that's part of what is valuable about Dr. Laura Schlesinger's, uh, you know, essentially work is that she helps people understand that they're responsible for their own moral choices and, and, that women, if they ever are in difficult relationships with a husband who mistreats them, well, they ask for it. Uh, and, and if their husband beats them up, they, they shouldn't go talk to the pastor about it. They should prosecute the guy to the fullest extent of the law and not drop charges and let the guy spend some time in jail where he's going to be mistreated and everything else by fellow prisoners. So, so again, it's a situation where the law has a certain place regarding expecting people to act properly. Whereas, but if a, if a Christian woman marries a non-Christian man who decides to become a Christian to make her happy and then decides to go back to his life because he's tired of it and he's already married to her, whatever else, whose fault is it that she was a missionary dating? Mm-hmm. It's hers. She, she asked for the later divorce because her guy, her, the guy she married was an adulterous pig who, mm-hmm. who got drunk. Well, she met him in a bar. What, 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 what she expect? Right, right. So, so again, it's a situation where people evading responsibility by blaming other people. So in a way from 
my perspective as someone with Asperger's, we tend to look at it very directly and are willing to be plain speakers about it. And that's off-putting to a lot of people too. So mm-hmm. again, it's it, it's enormously complicated when normals who are naturally duplicitous don't like hearing the bare truth, whatever else. And then they accuse us of being too black and white. Whereas when you have 10 commandments that are written by God, yes, of course we're black and white because they make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back to a little bit. I know you, I'm, I'm, and I'm just, um, what I'm talking about. Have you ever heard it's, it's called the social model of disability and this is autistics and Aspergians many times have argued that there, there is no such thing as them personally being disabled, but because society does not understand Aspergers, they often impose certain requirements upon them that then create that disability. What are your thoughts on that? Well, well, it's a label. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a label that society puts on it to label people to avoid dealing with understanding the individual. Okay. Because most people don't want to spend the time to get to know the individual and help them to understand what, how to really communicate with that individual. So they like to use labels as a way to avoid it. Um, and to be simplistic about it, because in reality, each individual is the same or different, and they can't be treated the same. But when they're put in a category of being disabled, it's it, it can almost be like, well, that person is things. I don't have to pay attention to it because they're always going to be that way, when in reality, if they just learn to get, communicate with the, the the kid who doesn't communicate the same way they do, and, and change their own behavior that may be leading to his frustration because a lot of the anger that people Asperger's have is frustration. It's not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because people aren't willing to communicate with them, let alone learn, hear what they're saying. And I would agree with you that, that, uh, people with Asperger's are not to be fixed and that they're fine the way they are. Um, would you be in agreement with, for example, I know this gets into semantics and all that, but there are situations where it's appropriate to provide accommodations, for example, in the workplace. Do you think that would be okay? I mean, is that something, or are you opposed to that? Well, the parents have to, from an early age, understand, learn to understand their kids uh, to be helped them to be functional in the real world. Like, for example, when their kids are growing up, expect them to do chores and later on get a job to pay for their cell phone or whatever else, or to pay for their car insurance or whatever else that the, the things, or not give their kid a child when he becomes 16, but expect him to work for it, to go out and do it for himself. So that's something I appreciated about my dad is even, you know, I said I wanted to go to summer camp like my brother. Well, he said, if you earn half of it, I'll send you to summer camp. Well, I did that for two years as a paper boy. But unfortunately, most parents don't want to expect that kind of uh, um, more adult behavior of their kids because they're not willing to spend the time teaching them how to be a good worker, let alone helping them realize that doing chores around the house as they get older is an important skill to learn. Uh, even though you don't like doing them, it's important to do it anyway because it looks nicer and it helps everybody because everybody and and so 
if if the mother all she does is clean up the kid's room and the kid never has to do it for himself uh, then later when he goes off to college and learns leaves the room a mess or whatever else and then comes back during vacations and makes his room a mess again it's somehow his fault well no it's not his fault that he doesn't he did grow up and learn to keep his room clean it's her fault because he never was trained to keep it clean in the first place. He learned to be happy with it, whatever. Uh, so it, particularly when it's a situation where it's not very logical, like if a kid knows where everything is, even though it may be appear to be messy, because he realizes he has his own limitations and it's not perfect, and yet the parent is a perfectionist and expects everything to be uh, and she may, she or he may have uh, their own issue abilities like, uh, um, obsessive compulsive disorder that, that in some respects is to the point of absurdity. The way someone with Asperger's look at it, it's like that, that person is never pleasable because there'll always be something, you know, I had a situation happy today where, and this has happened multiple churches I've been on over the years. That when, for example, I was going to church in Florida with my wife, and my wife liked to uh, put her head on my shoulder when we were in the service because she was relaxed and felt comfortable with me. Well, there were people older behind me who objected, saying that was inappropriate for my wife to be doing that during the service. And then I would get, object to that and say, well, what the hell are you doing? Pay attention to my wife, the way she has the thing. Why aren't you doing where you're supposed to be in church? And then they got offended by it because I didn't accept their advice and tell my wife not to put her head on my shoulder. Well, or, or someone, someone too, uh, they're used to having communion a certain way. I take it a different way that I learned how to do it when I was things. There's nothing wrong with it or whatever else. And then they object to it saying, saying, oh, we don't do it that way here. And it's like, well, I don't care. <laughs> this is the way I did it all along. And I did not do anything immoral. I'm not doing anything improper. I'm not being rude or whatever else. And I really don't care if you're offended. That's your problem. It's not mine. But then they get all puffy and upset with me because I'm not listening to them. Well, I, I heard them loud and clear. So, again, it's a situation, again, where people who, who nitpick that way, the issue is not how someone – the issue is not whether – someone really objected to my wife with her head on my shoulder. The issue is something much more deeper in that other person that caused them to be nitpickers trying to pick on someone else's problems or whatever else. And that has to do with somebody who's an individual who who can't deal with somebody with Tourette syndrome or or a child that stutters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For example, there are parents, when a child starts to stutter, that doesn't slow down and be patient with the kid and help them to speak more thing, but punishes them for misspeaking. And so it gets worse with the kid and then they make it worse and worse or even Tourette's it, it, things. And a lot of guys and girls who grew up with Asperger's or in that things have to unlearn, which was badly taught by their own parents because uh, essentially because they, They've been forced into a box to act in a certain way that was more, uh, that was more comfortable for their parents to have them act so that the parents could avoid responsibility for their own behavior that was leading to that behavior of their child. You know what I'm saying? 
it, it it's like reverse thing that that basically the the child is compensating for their parents' sin, and and yet their misbehavior is a reminder of that, but it's somehow their fault because the child isn't more adult than they are. Yeah, yeah. But it often takes somebody to become a Christian out of that setting to to grow up and then realize that their parents are still acting like immature jerks. And 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 so basically, I realized in many respects I grew up when I finally said to my mom, well, you're the one that made me that way. And so basically, I didn't care whether my either one of my parents ever said again that I was a rotten bastard because they're the ones that made me that way. I, you know, it wasn't anything I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thrust into a situation of their making. Not, it's not my responsibility. So, uh, so again, but, but basically, that was an epiphany I had that helped me to realize where the real responsibility laid. And in some respects, that was the helpfulness of, you know, Dr. Laura's uh, radio show. Is she, she goes through all sorts of scenarios where basically people have epiphanies regarding their own behavior. Like, for example, if, 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 if a woman has an abusive husband who beats her up regularly, and yet when he gets arrested, she goes and bails him out, or she decides not to press charges or whatever else, or she goes off all weepy and gets a martyr complex or whatever else, and all it does is frustrate him more. Um, it, it's, it's a situation where it's a self-perpetuating argument. She's the one that sets him off. And yet it's his fault that he's responding, that he's responding physically when that's the only way he knows how to do it. Um, so, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of Asperger things, they, they're not very good at nuance or of, uh, or, or, or of subtlety regarding, uh, doing stuff. So it's like, I remember fights I got in with one of my sisters regularly and such like that. And, and I finally learned because, she would not be, um, there's a guy by the name of Jordan Peterson, uh, that's, uh, uh on YouTube a lot. And he's very, he, he's very, uh, understands in some respects the dynamics between men and women. That basically one of the premises I saw today on YouTube was his thing of basically saying that in some respects it's pointless for a man to get in a debate or a discussion with a woman because she basically is more responding at an emotional level, not logically or rationally. And when they're uh, trying to argue a point from totally different perspectives, all it's going to do is get the guy frustrated and, and get her more angry because he's not acting appropriately or whatever else. So then he may end up getting, uh, he gets so frustrated that he'll either run away, walk away, get drunk or whatever else. And, and yet she's the one that set it up by setting a scenario where, um, does this dress look good? And he gives an honest answer and then she thinks he's lying to her. Well, whose fault is that that she didn't really want an honest answer? Or does this dress look good? And he gives her a thing and said, no, it really doesn't look good on you. Well, she went all this time trying to pick out the right dress and he doesn't like it. Well, but that's somehow his, his fault that that she didn't like, he didn't like the dress. And, yeah. But again, it, it's like he set her up. She set him up for that. So he can't win. So that's kind of, but that's a dynamic that goes between normal people, let alone things. 
But with people with Asperger's, it gets even magnified even more because it makes even less sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so basically I, I admit, I, I grew up in a war setting with a lot between my parents where they put me in the middle and whatever else. I finally ended up uh, learning how, how to finally get the upper hand on my sister who liked to fight with me and pick fights with me because basically I, I got to, I, I got to the thing where I got to be very, I don't like it, but I got to be very effective in, in learning to belittle her and even swearing at her in response, which shut her up. Uh, and so it's like I become across as mean or even misogynist, but she's the one that set me up for that in the first place. So who's really the, uh, who's, who's really the, uh, the person who's at fault? Not me because because she set me up for it, but she's the one responsible. So it takes two people to have a fight. Mm. Uh, you know, they're both responsible for it. Um, so, particularly, particularly when the person doesn't let the other person walk away and settle down uh, because they want it to continue whatever on and for not categorize. And so they're easier to dismiss. And right. well, yeah, it's just much more subtle. It's just much more subtle. So in a way it, it but it's even more destructive when it's subtle because that how that's how gossip and other things can be used behind the scenes to uh to basically destroy people just because people tend to talk about other people much more than going to them directly mm-hmm. uh, and so when directly talking to somebody and first asking questions to uh, assuming the best of the other person asking questions did you misunderstand and then you can often get a meeting of the minds just by asking questions and listening to them instead of jumping to conclusions in advance. Yeah. And, yeah. and often it has to do with, particularly with someone who has Asperger's dealing with a normal person. The normal person should just ask questions and then find out what's really going through the kid's mind. Sure. Or else then the person decides, Oh, that's nothing offensive about that. I just didn't think of it mm-hmm. because he differently. But but they automatically think that there's some nefarious reason or that the person's lying when in reality they were answering a different question that wasn't asked in, in the way they viewed it. So so it's a matter of communicating. But but the only thing I've seen valuable with the Asperger's, all, all the sites and everything else is, is just there's bits and pieces from the different places which help me understand kind of the dynamics between things that are uh, that are is important for people with Asperger's to understand what's going on, but it's like I, I I've got more uh, uh, that I I've, I've gotten more things regarding watching more intellectual shows that have that that kind of uh, deal with the imaginative people that deal with the true human thing. Like there was another show out for a few years called Lie to Me. Yes, which other things and and. You know, it, it was quite good because the writers really knew what the dynamics were regarding small signals, or whatever. And people with Asperger's can't read them. Yeah, micro so, micro expressions. I think I think the person who consulted on that was with the FBI. I think, and uh, he he helped the people on the show with writing their you know writing their information. So right, yeah, right. But but in some respect, and, and even the way House House looked at the world. You know, and, and understanding the dynamics of things, and and even one of those shows 
somebody mentioned that, oh, he, he might have Asperger's, but he was an immoral jerk, but he didn't care he was an immoral jerk. That's the way he viewed his life. So, so uh, again, it was a, it was something he was comfortable with or whatever else, but, but, but again, he decided for himself he was going to be productive anyway, in spite of his leg problem and the fact he needed hydrocodone regularly. Mm-hmm. But then when he finally realized he had a problem with it, he let himself, you know, go to the hospital and get treatment. But unfortunately, when a lot of people don't want to deal with that stuff directly, uh, a lot of, a lot of people in that things get difficult, but that more has to do with many ways that people, even normal people are self-destructive at dealing with stresses when, when in reality it's get it's getting, uh, things. So, so basically it's the kind of thing where, um, you know, and another thing about Asperger's too that is, is weird is that when parents are preferential between like, for example, they've got a normal daughter or son and the, there's another daughter or son that is more things and they see that, uh, the, them with themselves with Asperger's, they're held to a very different standard than the, than, than the child who's normal. Uh, it, 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 it's a situation where that comes across as being very, very unfair. Uh, like for example, my dad, uh, my dad, had a real problem with me when I was a kid, uh, because I, I had a choice between orange soda and root beer. And, and there was four of each or, or two of one and four of the other. And I didn't like orange soda. So I asked for the root beer. And I would regularly ask for the root beer. And he, the way attitude he had was, you either take the orange soda or you're not getting anything. Well, I always saw that as being very unfair whatever else, because if he really wanted to give me what I wanted, he would have gone out and bought some more. Mm-hmm. So, so again, it was too inconvenient for him to, to realize that, that he was asking me what I wanted. And I told him it wasn't because I was being selfish. It was because I didn't like the other, I didn't like the other choice and nothing to do with selfishness or whatever, but he put a label on it. But see, my dad had Asperger's too, so we didn't even see that that was a problem he had himself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but again, my dad, uh, kind of came across with the attitude of, uh, basically he was always an adult, which, which to me, I found even more absurd. Well, that's it for today's show. Would you consider supporting the Thrive with Asperger's Autism show? Just go to myaspergers.net forward slash pledge. Any amount is welcome to support the ongoing hosting and other expenses involved with maintaining the blog and the podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening and have a great week. 